0: Welcome to the Purpessence Podcast. I am your host, Brian Dusso. What is up, everybody? I have a celebration for my 32nd birthday. And I like to record these, how I look back onto the previous year and how I currently feel compared to before. And it's something I've been doing since uh, 30. Like specifically doing and I want to do this every year and just really. Like fire focused, laser focused on how I feel at every single age as I grow and It's, it's surreal because there's a lot of times where like, I wonder when I look back, like let's say um, 17 or 23 or nine years old, like I'm not really good at my recollection on calling back memories from then like I can probably try but I do try but if I record it I can capture it and I can look back at my notes and understand things because if I ever fall off the path I can see when and I can backtrack and find out what I can do to get myself back on track So it's a, that's really what this podcast is all about. Honestly, it's the whole reason why I've had it the last two plus years. So at age 32, man, I've learned a lot, a whole lot. The reason why I learn about other people is so I learn about myself. So I've been really studying human behavior and I've been mentioned in this, and i can I feel confident in like understanding emotions, body language cues, tones of the voice, the eyes, what the person like if the person's paying attention whether they're thinking their mind's racing thinking about something else if they're really in the moment in the in the present if they like you if they like someone else if something's bothering them if they have anxiety little 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 blips of anxiety you know that that deep characteristics that you have that you try to fight you know that the battles that perhaps you do really good but sometimes it comes out and by doing that by seeing that in other people by seeing a deep narcissist understanding them understanding what they do their habits their character over a long period of time Yeah, at first you're not going to know. But people's true character shows after time. When there is a discrepancy. When shit gets real. That's when their true character comes out. Because how is that resolved? What is the path that you take when you make a problem yourself that you messed up what what path do you take do you point the finger do you blame do you come up with an excuse do you ignore it do you even care do you own it do you try to learn from it By learning the deep narcissist tricks, you get to understand that and avoid those traps with future confrontations. You know when to stay away from someone because you want to stay away from a deep narcissist. They use everything and everyone as a tool to meet their end goal regardless who's who goes down and it gets nasty but if we look back and study their habits because that's what it is it's a habit so you look for those those tight little blips that come out, that deep characteristics within ourselves, that dark side. You wait for that to come out and you can see it come out again and again. And when it does come out, what do they do about it? Try to make a change because if you don't try to go about it a different way, you're going to keep doing the same thing. Or do they try to cover it up and hide it in secret? get caught and then now you're hiding it and trying to do your best to keep using that person. So the only way to know is by their resume within your relationship. And, you know, they can have all these words and everything, but their actions and their human behavior... Their body language, their tone, their habits. If they show up, are they in? Are they with you? Or are they just using you? Because it makes their life better. Being with you makes their life better. Until it doesn't, and then they get rid of you. So understanding that. I mean, it sucks because I understand it. you have to go through it. You cannot know without going through it. So it's really tough. And in a crowded room, there's at least one deep nar- narcissist. They are among us. And they blend in very well. They seem very empathetic. And we have people that have other things. You know, we all have, we have all this. We are all narcissists. We think about ourselves all day. But like a, it's a sliding scale, and a deep narcissist is someone that will do whatever it takes to meet their goal, no matter who they mess up. And that person's life could be messed up for the rest of their life, and they don't even care have no feelings they do it because it makes themselves feel better because a deep narcissist actually people think they love themselves so much but it's actually the opposite they love themselves so little that they cling and grasp onto the outside world and take and suck the life out of it just so they can feel just a little bit. And it's like, if their life sucks, if my life sucks, I want to make sure everyone else's life sucks. So it's a very sad life. But we all have narcissistic tendencies, you know. But most of us have a little bit of compassion and a little heart and we don't have that life-sucking tendency. I mean, just look at catastrophic events like 9-11. Like, look how strong the nation was when they didn't have to be. Look at people that saved people's lives because of a burning building or a car accident or a holdup at the At a store, at a shooting, when it comes to it, people usually overcome animosity. But you do have those people that are the evil, the shooters, the manipulators. the people that play chess with our lives so we have to they okay so I forgot who said this but maybe it was a superhero and they said evil works hard every day so I need to show up just as much as the bad guys show up So that's what we have to do. Narcissists don't take a break. They're very good at what they do. They're very talented. So we too need to be just as talented to overcome that in our lives. Because once they learn they can't use you, manipulate you, they leave. Because you are no use of them and they can't break you. So that's what we have to that's why I study human behavior because I see all that within myself and I'm trying to navigate my life in a way I feel is best through my moral code my boundaries what I believe in Because it's the right thing to do. Not because my emotions want something so bad. I try to overcome those emotions, let them happen, and judge myself. Is this the right thing to do? Or is this just in the moment how I feel? You know, like a year from now, 10 years from now, was it the right decision to make? And we have all these ticks, these emotions, and we all have dep- depression and anxiety and anger and judgment and envy and narcissist. Like, we have all that. But it is our job to see it within ourselves by seeing others, having compassion, trying not to judge them too hard. You know, try not to think they're a lesser person or they're bad for doing that because what if they are us? It's a mirror. We see that within us. We see behaviors. It's just, it's your job to overcome. Do you choose to? let that emotion pass because it's futile it's not lasting it's not real it's not you or do you choose to give in giving in to your anxiety you know and then you're always resorting to worst case scenario it's, an, it's, it's your mind's way of survival survival It's the fight or flight. So when you're in a bad situation, so you're driving your car and you're in a bad situation, your brain heightens, like everything slows down. And you make the right move to avoid danger. Well, the same thing with your mind. That's what anxiety is. You're trying to avoid danger because it's a blind spot in your mind. Your mind's trying to make up the information that's missing. So it goes to the worst case scenario because nothing can get worse than the worst case scenario. So you try to avoid the worst case scenario. So you go against your moral code basically because you're trying to survive. You're avoiding the making the right decision. So if we let these feelings pass, which they will, we, we can just know that we can navigate through the rough waters. The emotions are the waters. And if you understand emotions, if you understand humans, which is to understand yourself, then you have a sail on your boat and you can navigate to the destination that you want in life. But if you're always giving in and you're letting everything overcome you, a product of your environment. You're letting the emotional waves drift you into wherever it takes you. You don't have that sale. Your sale's broken. So we got to fix our sales. This is something I've really learned in the last year. And I'm, I am no means perfect not even close i have recently gained a partner a companion a uh, a girlfriend a long time this is this is the the good one and we're very open we communicate we can understand each other without words With words. And we're learning every day. And we're doing it right. Because we found that we have the same kind of goals in mind. How we want to live our lives. Which is basically out of love. But not a love that is... Like, I'm so happy because they love me. No, I'm already happy. I'm happy to share my love, to give, to walk beside someone else. And my path is going to be going somewhere different. It's going to be... I'm going to still see what I want in life, but it's going in a different path because something has impacted my life. And anytime you have an impact in your timeline... It's going to shift, but it's going to go where it should go because you know what's right and wrong. If you follow your moral code, understand your emotions in your inner and outer world with your partner and yourself and you think of them with the decisions you make, you don't cater to them, you don't bend over for them, you don't let them walk all over you and they shouldn't do that anyway. But you walk beside each other strong, holding hands. Sharing love with others. It's a new life. It's a It's a really good feeling to Share your life with someone else. And it's new to me. And I'm finding out who I am again. It's it's pretty awesome. Things I have to work on. Things that I know I'm good at. So it's definitely a journey. Because I was on the journey of the self. I was getting really really good at it. Now I'm on a journey on the self with another self. So it's kind of like them Venn diagrams. You got myself, got herself, and in the middle got our selves. It's kind of like how a relationship is. So that's one really big thing that I've learned. And I've had a lot of people in my life now, gaining new people all the time. Our friend group is tight. It's always been tight. And it's stronger than ever, and we've gained new friends in our group. And it's amazing how people can come together and not have any judgment can feel like themselves feel free can de-stress from the the work life and cooperate with each other we have a team we have a game night every sunday and we cooperate how much do you cooperate with people Like as a team, teamwork. How strong is your team? Because the team says only as strong as the weakest link. And if your weakest link, you can't even tell who the weakest link is. You're pretty strong. It's a strong chain. And if you ever have a problem, you feel you can at least go to one of those people. started a new show, the BS with Brian and Spencer, and that's something new as well. That's been going strong. And what we're trying to do is build a community that is like my friend's circle, where you feel accepted, no judgment, something we can talk out if there's like a problem where you can laugh and not be judged where you can be goofy and silly because we are goofy and silly by being an example people can do it too because they secretly want to have fun and then they do then they feel accepted and they feel like they want to keep going it's a strong community that's what we're trying to do We had our first live show, and it, it killed. It was great. I couldn't think of it being any better. It was natural, and I was always worried how it was going to go. And once we started, it was like a click. It was like, oh in in the zone, and all of a sudden it was perfect. So I kinda like went on a a tangent looking up quotes and I thought back to one of my favorite authors, R. A. Salvatar, and his books, The Legend of Drizzt. And I just kept seeing all these quotes and I want to read them. I want to share them because, wow, I feel I can relate so well. And I feel like everyone can relate so well. It's like the human experience. So Drizzt Dwarden is a a, a dark elf, a drow in the underdark, which is under the ground in the darkness. And... It's like the Dungeons and Dragons world, the Forgotten Realms. And uh, he lives with all the drow, and the drow are like evil. They worship an evil spider goddess, and they are like the deep narcissists, all of them. It's like a race of deep narcissists. They are only friends with people that benefit them Till they don't, then they kill them. So it's kind of like the real world with the deep narcissists. They may not physically kill them, but they spiritually kill them, which is honestly worse. Who it is who would, would want to be alive when you're spiritually dead? You have nothing to live for. And now you're in pain, you're in torment, you're suffering, you're a prisoner within your own body you're shackled who would want that right so uh, you could say it's better that you're physically killed because at least you die for what you stand for and you lived a good life i mean i know it's rough no that's pretty cutthroat but that's how I feel. So that's the underdark, and they go to this Drizzt. One is fleeing; he's escaping. He doesn't feel like everyone else. He doesn't like murder. So he escapes, gets to this, finds people in the underdark, has a team, a party that has like minds, because they felt the same, but they didn't have the courage to escape. And he, by example, influenced them, motivated them, and they wanted to join him. to get to the surface world, and the surface world's not the Underdark. It's beautiful. But then he finds that not everyone is what he thought. I mean, they're not the drows, but... He's really trying to figure life out by figuring himself out. You know, just reflecting the world as a mirror. Just really trying to find out his path in life. So I'm going to read some quotes. There have been many times in my life when I have felt helpless. It is perhaps the most acute pain a person can know founded in frustration and ventless rage. The nick of a sword upon a battling soldier's arm cannot compare to the anguish a prisoner feels at the crack of a whip. Even if the whip does not strike the helpless prisoner's body, it surely cuts deeply at his soul. We are all prisoners at one time or another in our lives, prisoners to ourselves or to the expectations of those around us. It is a burden that all people endure, that all people despise, and that few people ever learn to escape. So I was talking about that before, and yeah, it's hard to escape that. But I feel like that's our goal in life. That's what we're all trying to reach to. Another quote. For there is indeed a harmony in the universe. A concurrent singing of common weal. To join that song, one must find inner harmony, must find the notes that ring true. There is one point to be made about that truth. Evil creatures cannot sing. In my stubborn youth, I believed that I could stand alone, that I was strong enough to conquer my enemies with sword and with my principles. Arrogance convinced me that, by sheer determination, I could conquer helplessness itself. Stubborn and foolish youth, I must admit. For when I look back on those years now, I see quite clearly that rarely did I stand alone, and rarely did I have to stand alone. Always they were friends, true and dear, lending me support even when I believed I did not want it, and when I did not realize they were doing it. That's how important friends really are. We feel like we are alone at times. But if we think about it, we're really not. There's always at least one person that you can think of. And, you know, people, most of the time, people aren't going to tell you how much you you mean to them. I mean, that's vulnerability. It's 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 tough. But when you have that deep conversation every once in a while, You're like, oh, wow, I didn't know that. I didn't know they felt that way. Or they really do care. And if you got that all the time, you'd be desensitized about it. And it might go to your head. So like every once in a while, it's like a gift. It's really nice. We don't have to physically say something to care. We show it, you know someone's taking time out of their day to hang out with you kind of a big deal they chose you reality is a curious thing truth is not as solid and universal as any of us would like it to be selfishness guides perception and perception invites justification the physical image in the mirror if not pleasing, can be altered by the mere brush of fingers through the hair. And so it is true that we can manipulate our own reality. We can persuade, even deceive. We can make others view us in dishonest ways. We can hide selfishness with charity. Make a craving for acceptance into magnanimity and amplify our smile to coerce a hesitant lover. The world is an illusion and often a delusion, as victors write the histories and the children who die quietly under the stamp of a triumphant army never really existed. The robber baron becomes a philanthropist in the final analysis by bequeathing only that for which he had no more use. The king who sends young men and women to die become beneficent with the kiss of a baby. Every problem becomes a problem of perception to those who understand that reality. And reality is what you make reality to be. This is the way of the world, but it is not the only way. So that's what I was talking about with the deep narcissist. That people will use you until you're not of use anymore. And if they conquer you, they're the ones to write history. And the world sees that and starts to believe it. Creates more deep narcissists to, ha- to have tools. But we can fight that just as hard by understanding, having compassion, knowing when to use an iron fist Because of your moral compass, your will, what you feel is right. And you're only going to have to do that when someone challenges your beliefs. And the way you, you go about it is super important. That defines your character. You're only fooling yourself. So... When the times get hard, what, what is your true character? All my life I have been searching for a home, the drow said quietly. All my life I've been wanting more than that which was offered to me. More than Menzo Beranzan. More than friends who stood beside me out of personal gain. I always thought home would be a place. And indeed it is but not in any physical sense. It is a place in here, Drizzt said, putting a hand to his heart and turning back to look upon his companions. It is a feeling given by true friends. I know this now, and know that I am home. But you're off to Caddy Bree said softly. And so are we, Brenor bellowed. Drist smiled at them, laughed aloud. If circumstances will not allow me to remain at home, the ranger said firmly, then I will simply take my home with me. I like that one. That your true self is inside and has always been there the whole time. And we're always looking outside and grasping what are we by trying to find love we think we can complete ourselves but we can never love another until we love ourselves so we need to look within first then you will know what true love is how ironic is that How ironic it is that our instincts often run exactly opposite from what we truly desire for those we love. That's what I was talking about for that fight or flight, that anxiety. Their instincts. Trying to survive when it's actually doing the opposite of your beliefs, and moral code, and what you really want to strive for. In any honest analysis, change is the basis of fear, the idea of something new, of some paradigm that is unfamiliar, that is beyond our experiences, so competent that we cannot even truly predict where it will lead us. Yeah. That's why we fear change. It's something unfamiliar. We're scared. But how are you going to have something better if you're too scared to give up what you have now? Because you're, you fear that you're going to lose everything. but there's something better out there. You know, like you could have a job and you could hate it. You're like, I can't leave because I make good money. But what you really want is something that lets you express your true talents and you feel useful. You feel like you're making a difference in life, that what you're doing is impacting in some way. So it's a, it's a perception however you look at it you can have that job and perce- perceive that you know it's a job but you're making money and you're using that to make change in your life so there's always a way to look at it but we can't predict our future we try but You don't know what's going to happen. And until you surrender, it's going to be walking on eggshells and you're really not going to flourish. You gotta leap. To say then that I would never again slay a drow purely because they and I are of the same physical heritage strikes me now as wrong As simply racist. To place the measure of a living being's worth above that of another simply because that being wears the same color skin as I belittles my principles. The false values embodied in that long ago vow have no place in my world. In the wide world of countless physical and cultural differences, it is these very differences that make my journeys exciting. These very differences that put new colors and shape in the universal concept of beauty. I now make a new vow, one weighed in experience and proclaimed with my eyes open. I will not raise my scimitars except in defense, in defense of my principles of my life or of others who cannot defend themselves. I will not do battle to further the causes of false prophets, to further the treasures of kings, or to avenge my own injured pride. And to the many gold wealthy mercenaries, religious and secular, who would look upon such a vow as unrealistic, impractical, even ridiculous, I cross my arms over my chest and declare with conviction, I am the richer by far. So your scimitars, your weapons, your swords that is your your conviction your moral code unless that's challenged there's no reason to fight if you see someone else you know that is getting belittled picked on and it goes against your moral codes you can take action you can stand up for them because they're unwilling to stand up for themselves and you've been there and it's nice to have someone to lift you up when you're kicked on the ground and they'll remember that moment but you know you have to make that judgment call if you want to do that but that's what i do that's why i have this podcast that's why i talk to people We are all dying every moment that passes of every day. That is the inescapable truth of this existence. It is a truth that can paralyze us with fear or one that can energize us with impatience, with the desire to explore and experience with the hope, nay, the iron will, to find a memory in every action, to be alive under sunshine or starlight. In whether fair or stormy, to dance with every step, be they through gardens of flowers or through deep snow. So that's why it's important to take every moment and cherish it. Because we're not guaranteed tomorrow. And so is the person you're talking to not guaranteed tomorrow. So a, a constant reminder is nice because... We do take things for granted. And what do you want to leave behind? What are your goals in life? And if you're avoiding that, that deep curiosity, that deep wonder, if you avoid that and try to escape this world, then once you actually By, you know, doing things that escape the world, you know, movies, music, anything, sex, drugs, bad things, or just things that forget the life, alcohol, all that. Then when you actually leave this world, what did you leave behind? Because you're always trying to leave, escape. So, I mean, that's, that's your choice. If you want to live life and just enjoy its pleasures and kind of like stay a zombie and forget about the real world because it just feels dull and numb, I mean, do it. But I've felt like that for a very long time. And I worked on myself. What I truly want. And yeah, you're going to do mind-numbing activities, of course. It's essential, but it's like dipping in both, you know? Talking to, when you talk to someone, you see them as a person. A soul. Someone with feelings. Not just an extension of you. Not like an NPC on a game. That just like doesn't matter to you. You just do it because you have to do it. But you learn from them. You make them feel good because you feel good. Kind of nice. And then. Who knows. Maybe you'll, uh, that dull light becomes a, a roaring flame. And then. You're super content with life. You know you're going on the right path. All right. Hindsight, I think, is a useless tool. We, we, each of us, are at a place in our lives because of innumerable circumstances. And we, each of us, have a responsibility. If we do not like where we are, To move along life's road, to find a better path, if this one does not suit, or to walk happily along this one, if it is indeed our life's way, changing even the bad things that have gone before would fundamentally change who we are, and whether or not that would be a good thing, I believe it is impossible to predict. So I take my past experiences, and I try to regret nothing. I like that one. It's just like, it's a responsibility. You know, it's our obligation as humans to choose the right path. I mean, or you could be nihilistic and say nothing matters. But if nothing matters, then like, why not just kind of like humor yourself and do something? I mean, if nothing matters, you're not really wasting any time. You might, might as well try. Try to look within and see what's ticking. Because I think what matters is your inner world. And your outer world reflects your inner world. So you change your inner world, you change the outer world. Then all of a sudden you change perspective and you are going to start thinking a little differently and perhaps not be so nihilistic. But everything is a chance, everything impacts us and our path, you know, takes a curve, goes a direction. So we cannot predict. Nihilistic or not, you don't know your future. Everyone dies. It is how one lives that matters. That one's cool. Luck, Drizzt replied, perhaps, but more often I dare to say luck is simply the advantage a true warrior gains in executing the correct course of action. I agree. I don't have to prove my worth and value to own I do I don't have to prove my worth and value to any but those I love and that I do by being who I am with confidence that those I love appreciate the good and accept the bad does anything else really matter That is the thing if you truly love someone you accept them you appreciate them Because we ourselves have good and bad. And once we accept ourselves, we can accept others. You know, you'll come across other people that will have judgment on you. But it doesn't matter because they don't accept you or appreciate you. The ones in your tight circle do matter. They reflect who you really are not the strangers, not so much. You walk in a library, you see a book, you don't know what it's about. You don't know if it's any good. And same with people. The physical powers of the body cannot be separated from the rational of the mind and the emotions of the heart. They are one and the same. A compilation of a singular being. It is in the harmony of these three, body, mind, and heart, that we find spirit. Spirit, in every language, in all the realms, surface and under dark, in every time and every place, the word has a ring of strength and determination. It is the hero's strength, the mother's resilience, and the poor man's armor. It cannot be broken, and it cannot be taken away. If you have strong spirit, and everything is everything is t- tightly wound, your body, mind, and heart. If we work on all these, develop a hard, hard, and strong spirit. You know what is right and wrong. You know what you should do. Well, when you're getting beaten down. You still follow that spirit? That's a a hero to me. And, well, what's, what's a hero? A hero is someone that people look up to. Someone that leads. That isn't a follower of, you know, cults. They don't, you know, they're not lemmings. You know, they're, they're individuals. They know who they are. People respect them. They shine very bright. And I don't, I mean, I don't expect people to do that. I guess maybe you're, I don't know, are you born with it? Maybe we're all born with it. Maybe we just don't see it. Maybe some people see it. Maybe you have to be kicked down so much that you're like, well, maybe another course of action might work because whatever I'm doing now ain't working. And you have it upon that. I'm not saying everyone should be a hero. But if you have that calling deep inside, you should probably listen to it because that's who you naturally are. If you're pretending to be someone you're not, it's not a good feeling. But what of faith? What of fidel- fidelity and loyalty? Complete trust. Faith is not granted by tangible proof, it comes from the heart and the soul. If a person needs proof of God's existence, then the very notion of spirituality is diminished into sensuality, and we have reduced what is holy into what is logical. I get that. That, you know, we have space for faith, whatever and whoever you believe in. You know, the moral code that you have. So it's kind of like it just it guides you into what you want in life. It's so much better to follow your moral code than to fake who you are and keep faking and pretend you're someone you're not and then you start turning people on you everywhere you go. It's just chaos. That does, deep down, that does not feel good. They may pretend they don't feel it, but they do, and that's why they keep doing it. They keep doing it because it distracts them to how they really feel on the inside. So in a sense, it is logical, because it's logical to, to fight against that. Once you start changing what's deep inside and bringing that out, who you truly are, then you're walking by faith. And faith doesn't mean there needs to be a religion. It's what you believe. That is your job to find out and you alone. Loss of empathy might well be the most enduring and deep cutting scar of all, the silent blade of an unseen enemy tearing at our hearts and stealing more than our strength, stealing our will. For what are we without empathy? What manner of joy might we find in our lives if we cannot understand the joys and pains of those around us, if we cannot share in a greater community? Mm. Yeah. That one's deep. Yeah, losing your empathy, man. That's bad. I've been in, I've been there. Yeah, you can't how are you going to find joy if you don't know what joy is in others? How can you have joy in your life? That's empathy. If you lost it, I mean, I get it. I've been there. It's awful. But you're not supposed to stay there. You're trying to break yourself down and so you can paint again, so you can build again, ground zero. You're not supposed to stay at ground zero. You're supposed to break yourself all the way down to the core and restructure yourself. Some people get stuck. I was afraid at that time. I thought maybe this is what life is, but I humored myself. A what if. My curiosity, that never died. That's one I've always been curious. So I did that, and I found there's a lot to life. That if you do build a strong structure, a beautiful structure, and you, you cherish it inside and out, and you start to see other beautiful structures. That's why we travel the world, to see beautiful things. Because life is beautiful. So we notice people like that when we notice that in ourselves. And then we, we gravitate towards them. We create a connection that we remember forever, no matter how long you know each other. That's why I love this podcast, having interviews with like-minded people, people that their minds are way different. I get to understand and learn and appreciate them and then apply that to myself. It's so awesome. A king is a man strong of character and conviction who leads by example and truly cares for the suffering of his people not a brute who rules simply because he is the strongest. I think those in the end, the ones that are brutes, are the ones that are overthrown and hated the most. It's all about strong character and how you take care of your people. Your people could be your your friends' group, your family, how you take care of them. That's going to reflect how you are. If you... Try to dominate them or try to control them, to manipulate them, to gain something in your life. Everything has a price. So that's going to cost something. What will it cost? But love, honest love, requires empathy. It is a sharing of joy, of pain, of laughter, and of tears. Honest love makes one's soul a reflection of the partner's moods. And as a room seems larger when it is lined with mirrors, so do the joys become amplified. And as the individual items within the mirrored room seems less acute, so does pain diminish and fade, stretched thin by the sharing. That is the beauty of love, whether in passion or friendship. A sharing that multiplies the joys and thins the pains. I 100% agree. It's the sharing. Honest love. I like that. Honest love. Yeah. Being honest. You have to be honest with yourself. What you really want in life. And then share that honesty with someone else. And then... Whenever you're honest, vulnerable, and you're talking, it opens up the other person, and they start being honest and vulnerable and share something because you just opened up. That's the same thing with love. You need to open up, share that empathy, that joy, the pain, laugh, the sadness, and you reflect each other. Your partners keep reflecting each other. Is special and then you learn that in different ways intimate your you have your intimate ways and then you have your friendship ways that's something I'd like to learn a little more but like yeah I feel like intimates more like maybe more in depth I because you can't, you can only be, yeah, that's it. Okay. So you can only be in depth with so many people and the people you choose to spend time the most, you're more in depth with. So you have a more intimate love. And then you have people that you see every once in a while that you share your, your emotions, your empathy, your love, but it's like not so much intimate because it's not all the time. And the people you do it with all all the time, you develop this spirit, spiritual bond. So now you have physical, mental, spiritual, sexual bonds with because you're with each other so much and you choose to. You're both on an agreement. And then if you're on that agreement, it's like, Well, I don't have time to do that with someone else. And if I start doing it with someone else, that means I'm doing it less with you, more with them. And then that's not honest love. That's dishonest love. Falling in love with someone else. But then you're falling out of love with yourself if you're doing that. You're not honest with yourself. You can't be honest with yourself and dishonest with someone else. Don't think it works like that. You're being dishonest with yourself by giving in to temptations, by letting emotions drive you instead of your moral code, what you think is right. So yeah, that honest love is important and you can only share it with one other person. That's what makes them very special in your life. You choose that person and that person choose you out of all these people. It's pretty special because if you split up that intimate, honest love with two other people. Your uh, your your cup that's filled up is only halfway for both. So they don't get your full, intimate, honest love. They get half of it. You're not giving your all. But they're giving their all. Then it's, it's not so fair. It's not so honest. So, yeah, they uh, they say we're hardwired for short-term and long-term relationships. It depends on what you want in your life, right? If you are in a point in your life where you want to be short-term, you don't want to tie down with someone else because it's not the right time, you have to be honest about that. But if you want that long-term relationship, which... Maybe you meet someone and then all of a sudden you're like, wow, I'm sharing this honest love with them and it's really nice. Let's maybe do something about that. Then you're both in agreement to share this intimate, honest love. So, yeah, you got to be honest with yourself to be honest with someone else. All right. Where are we at? okay it is more difficult by far to be independent of our own inner shackles than it is of the shackles that others might place upon us oh yeah definitely harder we we are our own worst enemy for sure we judge ourselves and criticize ourselves way more than someone else so we got to work on that we always do have to work on that as i become a creature of the empty tunnels survival becomes easier and more difficult all at once i gained in the physical skills and experience necessary to live on i could defeat almost anything that wandered into my chosen domain it did not take me long however to discover one nemesis that i could neither defeat nor flee it followed me wherever i went indeed the farther i ran the more it closed in around me. My enemy was solitude. The interminable, incess- I can't say the word, incessant silence of hushed corridors. Hmm. So yeah, that, that was my worst enemy, solitude. It didn't let people in. and A lot of people have that. It follows you wherever you go. You're going to move to a different city. Because this city just reminds you of all the turmoil. But if you didn't face your fears, maybe for a little bit it'll be okay, but it's going to follow you wherever you go. What good is your gold if your friends will not lift you when you have fallen? How long lived our memory of you when you are gone? Because in the end, there is only measure. In the end, when life's last flicker fades All that remains is memory. Richness in the final measure is not weighed in gold coins, but in the number of people you have touched, the tears of those who mourn your passing, and the fond remembrance of those who continue to celebrate your life. Your life lives on within others, within books, stories, music, art. Your life legacy lives on. Your impact meant something in this world. Not your money. I've seen people with money lose everything and they have a miserable life afterwards. Miserable, super bitter, wasted 30 years working to get nothing. That's why you need to live your day, your life day to day because there is no tomorrow's never guaranteed with life, with jobs, money. So money isn't everything, but, you know, money does let you do things, so do them while you can. Emotion clouds the rational, and many perspectives guide the full reality. To view current events as a historian is to account for all perspectives, even those of your enemy. It is to know the past and to use such relevant history as a template for expectations. It is most of all to force reason ahead of instinct, to refuse to demonize that which you hate, and to most of all accept your own fallibility. Yeah, so accept yourself. Accept your past. And use the past as a template. You know, what not to do. Not to repeat We are the center in each of our minds. Some may call it arrogance or selfishness. We are the center and all the world moves about us and for us and because of us. This is the paradox of community, the one and the whole. The desires of the one often in direct conflict with the needs of the whole. Who among us has not wondered if all the world is no more than a personal dream? I do not believe that such thoughts are arrogant or selfish. It is simply a matter of perception. We can empathize with someone else, but we cannot truly see the world as another person sees it or judge events as they affect the mind and the heart of another, even a friend. But we must try. For the sake of all the world, we must try. This is the test of altruism, the most basic and undeniable ingredient for society. Therein lies the paradox, for ultimately, logically, we each must care more about ourselves than others. And yet, if as rational beings we follow that logical course, we place our needs and desires above the needs of our society, and then there is no community. I came from Menzo Barazan, city of drow, city of self. I have seen that way of selfishness. I have seen it fail miserably. And then self-indulgent rules, then all the community loses, and in the end, those striving for personal gains are left with nothing of any real value, because everything of value that we will know in this life becomes from, comes from our relationships with those around us, because there's nothing material that measures against the intangible of love and friendship. Thus, we must overcome that selfish selfishness, and we must try, we must care. I saw this truth plainly following the attack of Captain Dudermont in Watership. The first inclin- cl- inclination was to believe that my post my past, had precipitated the trouble, that my life course had again brought pain to a friend. I could not bear this thought. I felt, and I old and I felt tired, subsequently learning that the trouble was possibly brought on by Dudemont's old enemies, not my own, gave me more heart for the fight. Why is that? The danger to me was no less, nor was the danger to Dudemont or to Cadibri or any of the others about us. Yet my emotions were real, very real, and I recognized and understood them if not their source. Now, in reflection, I recognize that source and take pride in it. I have seen the failure of self-indulgence. I have run from such a world. I would rather die because of Dudemont's past than have him die because of my own. I would suffer the physical pains even the end of my life. Better that than watch one I love suffer and die because of me. I would rather have my physical heart torn from my chest than have my heart of hearts, the essence of love, the empathy, and the need to belong to something bigger than my corporeal form destroyed. They are a curious thing, these emotions, how they fly in the face of logic, how they overrule the most basic instincts because in the measure of time, in the measure of humanity, we sense those self-indulgence instincts to be a weakness we sense that the needs of the community must outweigh the desires of the one only when we admit to our failures and recognize our weaknesses can we rise above them together yeah that's so good community is strong i have learned that when i have failed and i had no one it was just me because self-indulgence, because of emotions, because of selfishness. I felt alone. I felt there was that was the moment I could take two paths. I can follow this destruction and live a toxic life. Or I can find out who I am break myself down, find out my moral code, gain a community, live out of honest love, and have strength. And it feels so good to be alive. Now, this clicked today what this book series meant, what the legend of Drist is. I wrote, The Legend of Drizzt is about each and every one of us. We are born in the Underdark, a place where evil lurks, a place of chaos. And our job is to find the surface world, explore, experience, make friends, and use love as your compass. Once you are in the surface world, at times the Underdark will try to make its way back and consume you. Your job is to coexist with the Underdark, understand it, And work equally, if not harder, to follow your moral code. Only you can design and follow your moral code. Do not get lost in a cult. Your love will guide you through the murky nights. And that is it, everybody. It's the end of the episode. I had a great year, and everyone that has been listening, I appreciate you very much. It means a lot to me. It means that I feel like I'm making an impact. And I'm hoping you are too. I'm hoping it's making your curiosity blossom. Finding out what your love is, what your moral code is. Finding out and trying to guide through this crazy thing called life. It's a mystery. It is stranger than fiction. All right. All right. See you guys and gals